Welcome back to another episode of the 100k Freelancer Club podcast. Today joining me is a very special guest called Chris Walker who started out his freelance career as an SEO freelancer and has transitioned big strides and steps in the business world into owning his own freelance marketplace called legit.com. Today we're going to dive into the mind of Chris. I'm going to ask him a bunch of questions about how he did it and any advice that he may have for freelancers on their journey to becoming a 100k freelancer. So without any further ado, how are you doing today, Chris? Always doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Welcome to the podcast. I think I find myself um, uh, speaking to a lot of guests like yourself that have transitioned from sort of a freelancer, freelancer beginnings uh, into a business ownership. So you are the founder and current CEO of Legit.com, right? That's right, yes. Exactly, and Legit.com is, um, is a freelance marketplace. So a freelance marketplace is where freelancers can go to find uh, jobs and work and where employers can go to find talented freelancers, right? Yeah, exactly. Nice. And how, so what inspired you to create legit.com? Because there are a lot of um, freelance marketplaces out there, such as, you know, you've got Upwork, Toptail, stuff like that. Um, why, why, what made you create legit.com? So the backstory is I've been doing and working in SEO since like 2013. And I, on a whim, I listed a service on another marketplace that's now more or less defunct. Uh, and I did very, very well on there. I made a lot of money. I had a lot of orders and I was able to grow like a group and a community and stuff from my customers there. Well, in time, that site started having a lot of problems. It got hacked. It would crash. There was no support. And I don't mean there was bad support. I mean, there was literally no customer support. So I realized that having so much of my income in one place was no good especially because it was getting shut off, you know, it could get shut off with the flip of a switch. So I just listed what I, since I had been wise enough to create an audience, I listed my services on my own website and I did very well through that. Now, what ended up happening was I had made relationships with the other freelancers on that marketplace and they said, can I sell through your website too? I was like, sure, I'll do that. But that got to be kind of cumbersome. And around that time, I met a developer who was actually a, a freelancer customer, which is something I'm going to touch on later. But uh, And we decided that there was a need for a marketplace for, which initially started it as, as SEOs. Now it's for, you know, marketing in general. And then it's expanded out to be kind of a full freelance marketplace. So it kind of came out of a need based on, something that wasn't being served and I wanted to put my experience both good and bad as a freelancer into it and kind of create something that understands what freelancers need in order to help their customers. Yeah exactly so you've created this business based off of your own experiences as a freelancer because what I've found with freelance marketplaces um, is that they tend to favor the employer so if there's any other disputes, uh, any other like disputes in the job or in the project, they tend to favor the employer. And I've had experiences before where I've worked on, you know, certain platforms. I won't say their names in these um, 
in these experiences, but where the client has been a bad client, let's just say, and you know hasn't paid on time, this, that, and the other, and when you go to collect the money, you're like, hey, I submitted the work, but I haven't been paid. It's really an uphill battle against these, you know, these giants such as Upwork and Freelancer.com, and they, to me, they tend to be more weighted towards the side of of the client, the side of the employer. So is that something that you're tackling as well on Legit.com, making it like a, a more level playing ground for employer versus freelancer? Yeah, exactly. Like we call them customers and freelancers, and we view all of them as our customers and we want to do right by our customers. So we look at each, when things do ha happen, which is pretty low percentage of orders, but it does, you know, differences are going to occur. When it happens, we look at the situation and we make a determination on who is right, regardless of if they're the customer or the freelancer. Now we want everyone to get what they paid for. You know, so if, so, we're not going to like make a decision, you know, we're not gonna screw any customer over, but at the same time, we're not gonna do like you say and let a customer get some free work or let them hold hostage a freelancer, which I've seen happen on other platforms. And what you said that is of, you know, how they tend to favor the customer side on other platforms is absolutely true. I get that complaint a lot from people that migrate from other sites. So we view everybody on the platform as our customer and we want to do the right thing by everyone. Now, when disputes arise, inevitably one side's gonna be unhappy with the decision, but we try to be as fair and as transparent as possible. Yeah, well, that's awesome. And can you give me a brief description? So let's just say some of the audience right now listening, they haven't heard of a freelancer platform before. What exactly is it? What, it, what does it provide for a freelancer? So, in, I'll talk about generally what the platform provides and then some stuff that's unique to us. A, there's a couple of different models and we incorporate both of them. There's the marketplace model where freelancers list whatever talent it is that they have as a service. We call them services. Other sites call them something that begins with G. <laughs> um, and then a customer will find, hey, I need this content, this website, this SEO, whatever they'll purchase it. Now, when they purchase, they actually are paying us, the platform. The freelancer then gets the order and does the work, delivers it to the customer. Once they're satisfied with it, the order completes and the freelancer gets paid out. And then usually a platform will have a, percent, a percentage of that order as then that's how they make their money. Another part is a customer can list what, what we call a job which is where they've looked around the site and they don't find something that they need. They're, they don't find what they're looking for. So they list a posting up just like you would on like, I don't know, Craigslist or something. And that's not a great example, but you get the idea where yeah. you know, I'm looking for someone that can do this, this, and this. And then freelancers can bid on it and they, they customer can choose who they feel is the right fit for it. So we have that functionality built in too. So that's kind of generally how marketplaces work. And then some things that we have done that I think are unique is that we allow, we have, we build a big community around it to where we enable the freelancers to directly promote to the customers. We allow them to build their own lists and groups and things like that. We don't restrict them nearly as much in what kind of communicating they can do. And we've got some other great new features that are both active now and are coming out soon too. Yeah. So you say you don't restrict them as much. Um on how they communicate. Because I know it's a big problem in some of the 
the OG freelancer platforms is that you can't communicate with the client outside of the platform or otherwise you get banned. And even mm -hmm. sharing something as simple as an email address to get access to like a Google Drive folder, for example, can result in you getting banned. So is that that's something that you're just more relaxed about, is it? I wouldn't say relaxed, but we're more reasonable because the example you gave is perfect. Like they're not trying to do anything wrong. They're not trying to get around the platform when they give them their email. They are literally just trying to do a good job. And we're not nearly as tyrannical about that as some platforms are. Now, don't get me wrong. If somebody's like, you know, pay me directly through PayPal instead of here so I don't have to get a commission. Now that, you know, of course, we're not we're still a business. We have to take care of ourselves, too. But if somebody like wants to get someone on their email list so they can sell to them afterwards, you know, get repeat business or if they want to drive them to their Facebook group or their YouTube channel or whatever, whatever other thing that they have, we're not going to restrict that at all because we want what, what I've been very blessed to be able to do was take freelancing customers and turn it into a big brand. And I want everyone else to have that same opportunity. And I found that by doing that and by building relationships with the freelancers, they come through us anyway. They don't try to Forgive the yeah, time. exactly. Because if you us. can provide a service that the freelancers want, for example, you know, they get that protection, they get the exposure, the clients, payments, everything through the platform, they're going to mm -hmm. want to use you. There's no need to try and sort of like force them in and lock them inside. And like you said yeah. there, you want the freelancers to be able to build their own personal brand. Like if freelancers on other platforms are locked to everything inside the platform, like on some platforms you can't share, you know, links or anything. So you can't give people your YouTube, you can't give people your Instagram, then you'll put in a lot of your I don't know, your investment into this platform. And if anything happens to the platform, you could lose everything. Whereas like you're saying, if you sort of you know, have these multiple channels where, you know, you can engage your clients through your YouTube videos, through your Instagram posts, through an email list. At least if anything was to happen to the platform or anything, they've still got that backup. And, and like you're saying as well, before then, if they're engaging the clients and they want to get repeat business and they're, the, the, your freelancers are enjoying your service and benefit from the website, they're just going to push the freelancers to hire them again through your platform, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like we've managed, and I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but we've done, in my opinion, a very good job of creating a loyalty from our freelancers and our customers by being more open and allowing them to work together. In fact, we've found that freelancers that don't participate in the community or don't have, if they don't put like a face to the, the profile, they don't do as well. So like that's how valuable that those relationships have become in the model that we've built. So it, I think that's been key to our success, but it's also part of our values. So it kind of works out. Yeah. And how do you test the service? Like, do you yourself use it as a freelancer? I know you're the CEO of the company and you must have, you know, a lot of work in managing, running and developing the company. But do you ever test it yourself and put your own search engine optimization services on there? Absolutely. I'm still a... 100% active freelancer. We'd still do very well financially through that, but also I want to lead by example because like, like I've mentioned several times, the community is a big part of legit and I want people to see that, you know, that this can be done by seeing me out there doing it. And it also gives me insight into what works and what doesn't. And, you know, it's kind of a QA testing type of thing as well. 
So it's leading by example and it's, you know, it's helping the site grow by literally putting in my experience. And, you know, I started as a freelancer and I have no intention to stop doing that. So in addition to running it, I, I am a member, both a customer and a freelancer myself too. I spend an ungodly amount of money on my own platform. So Yeah, I think that is honestly the best way to do it. And my experiences from my own experiences from... The experiences of other and even here at 100k freelance club like we, we there are there are teachers on the platform but all of us when we talk about okay who are we going to get on on the next live masterclass well what do we want to know like what do what are we genuinely interested in as freelancers so one of our most recent masterclass was you know how freelance creatives can benefit from NFTs and we got you know the owner of an NFT platform to come in and deliver that masterclass because you know we're like like you are in this sense customers of our own service and i think that's such a good business model to have because you're going to be able to identify the problems that come up even maybe before anybody else because you're using the platform as a customer at the same time as searching for problems so yeah right. hats off to you on that business um business development that you've got going on there i really yeah i think that's going to be a lot of good work going forward and do you do you engage freelancers like do you reach out to freelancers on on the site and host events and community events and stuff like that? Yeah, totally. Uh, well, part of our slogan and our values is called get more stuff done. We want to help people get more stuff done. And then a few weeks ago, we had an all day event where we live streamed all day. We had guests, we had trainings, we had stuff. We called it get more stuff done day. So we do that. And we have a very active Facebook group every Monday. We have open postings so the freelancers can promote their stuff or show new deals that they have. We have an opportunity every week where the freelancers can get included in an, a roundup email that we send out so they can kind of get some exposure that way. And, you know, and then I just, I, in the group, I interact with them literally all day long, you know, both the customer and the freelancer. So the community and the engagement with them and the, the you know, we have free courses we give out. All that stuff is really, really important and it's really valuable to everyone, I think. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, that that's what engages people most. I think is that the, the community aspect. If they know that there's other people on the same journey from them as them, and they can benefit from other people's experiences, it's just a great way to engage freelancers as well. And do you, do you, do you offer anything to to the client side of things, to customer side of things, like uh, guides on how to employ good freelancers, how to retain good freelance talent? Oh, totally. Yeah, uh, we have. Uh we like i said we view them all as customers so we provide information training content whatever whatever label you want to put on it for people to help them not only like identify good freelancers and what to look for but ways to use services ways to use the platform stuff that will help them get more stuff done we we have a blog that we put out four or five six posts a week on with different things that are mostly focused on the customer and things that can help them you know how to outsource your entire podcast on legit or how to, I don't know, uh, you know, find good YouTube thumbnails, things like that. So yeah, we give everybody as much information as they can to help them succeed. Yeah, that's awesome. And what would you, I'm gonna ask you a question on the freelancer side of things now, what would you, what would you recommend to a freelancer who's just getting started in the freelance world, they join your platform how would they stand out? How would they get that first client? Okay, there's a few things I want to say about that. First of all, 
is don't just rely on the site to send you customers. You know, I can go open a restaurant and if I, I have a restaurant open, but if I don't tell anybody about it and I just rely on people walking by, I'm going to limit my success. So we give, we, we encourage people to promote themselves as well as, you know, use our group and our blog and our things like that to promote themselves. So don't be, remember that your job as a freelancer is to get more freelance business as well as do whatever it is that you offer. So promote yourself as much as you can. You know, if you offer a service, you should be proud to tell everybody that can, that you can about it. So promote yourself as much. Don't have an ego would be the next thing. Don't think that you're worth, you, you have to prove your worth before you can. So maybe you have to underprice your stuff a little bit to begin with. Sometimes I'll see people that will sign up with no visible experience and they'll like, you know, they'll have a 500 word, their service will be 500 word blog content and they'll want like $150. I'm like, that's kind of unreasonable, at least with no reputation. So be willing to put in the work a little bit in the beginning. Um, Another thing is don't look at a small sale as just a small sale. And I touched on this a little earlier, but for example, I'm part, I have a partner in legit and he is a, you know, he runs the development side and uh, I met him when I sold him a $16 SEO service on that other platform I mentioned before. And that's led to, you know, hundreds of thousands of freelancers, a multi-million dollar business, all from that $16 SEO service. So the point there is that don't just look at the small payment from one order as just that. Look at them as a potential life-changing customer. And then the other thing would be to keep build an audience, whether it's an email, whether it's Facebook group, YouTube, whatever best suits you. But it's so much easier to sell to somebody that's already bought from you. So find ways to keep in touch with them and give them value other than just selling them stuff. So those would be the kind of main things. And then if you're just trying to do freelancing as a career, the other piece of advice would be to keep your personal expenses as low as possible. So you can focus more on, so you don't need to make as much in the beginning until you establish yourself and then you can maybe scale up your personal life a little bit. Yeah, exactly, because you don't want to be put into a situation where you're forced or need money and then you're forced into taking contracts that aren't necessarily the best for your career. And I like what you're saying as well about taking, you know, maybe a hit to the ego and lowering your prices a little bit to start with in order to gain those first couple of contracts because you know, and, and you, you never know what's going to happen. You need to look at the lifetime value of potential clients, like you were saying there, you know, $16 turned into, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and multi-million dollar business. You had no idea that was going to, you know, turn into that at the start, but I'm sure you did think that, okay, this is the first gig. I'm not going to charge him $16 every time. I'm going to charge, you know, I'm going to scale. Like, was that something that you were thinking in that stage of your freelance career? Like, I maybe you didn't see this whole, like, you know, business and everything that played from that client. But I'm sure in that moment, were you thinking about how do I scale this opportunity with this client? How do I remarket to them? How do I get more money from them? Yeah, I mean, I don't want it to sound like I just had this epiphany that, you know, that every, that this one cheap sale is going to lead to everything. But that's just one good example. Like, I have people that have been buying from me week in and week out since 2015 and that's because I you know I 
got them in with something to where they were people aren't as comfortable testing like in a really expensive service from an untested quantity uh someone they don't know there was a word i was looking for i can't remember <laughs> they, <laughs> they they uh you know you, they start with something low take good care of them do a good job build a rapport with them and then that can lead to somebody that buys from you for the rest of your career it can lead to someone that ends up being a business partner you know it can don't 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 look at it as a dime a dime can lead to a dollar so look at everything every sale as a potential and if it is just a $16 sale or a $6 sale or whatever it is so so be it but every small sale can lead to life changing events so just do a good job by somebody, whether they spend $100,000 or $10, I guess is kind of the message there. Because you not only do you never know what it could lead to, but it also happens to be the right thing to do, even if it doesn't lead to anything. Yeah, exactly. And you always want to be doing your best work because no matter how much that client's paid for it, it's going on your portfolio. That's something that you can display and demonstrate that you can do to other clients. So even if it's not repeat business you're gonna get from the individual or the business that you've done it for, is you've got this amazing piece of work on your portfolio that's gonna enable you to charge more in your next job, that's gonna create that desire for your services from other clients. So yeah, 100%, 100% agree with you on that front. Have you always, I know you said to um, not rely 100% on like your platform specifically uh, to get clients, but before um, before you had legit.com and you were you know freelancing full time, what was your preferred method of client acquisition? Was it still freelance marketplaces, or were you using things like LinkedIn or YouTube? Yeah, I mean, I got the first couple of orders, and what I started doing, and it was kind of on a whim, but with that delivery, I would ask them here's your delivery and if you want to join my Facebook group I provide a bunch of free content value I forget exactly how I put it there and a lot of people would join that I would have a way to get them to join an email list too so that but yeah then you have to also be out there like pounding the pavement for lack of a better term you know putting out YouTube videos writing a blog posting on your social media being in Facebook groups and just contributing like not just pitching but getting your face out there for lack of a better term and just you know general marketing you know like you have to market yourself this is a lot of people get into freelancing and they look at it as just a side hustle and if that's what somebody wants that's fine but if you want it to be your full-time business you have to treat it like a business and not like a side hustle if you treat it like a side hustle you're only ever going to make side hustle money if you treat it like a business with marketing and strategy and sales and growth and scaling and all these other buzzwords that I'm just throwing out, um, you, you will do well. So don't just, I mean, you, if you want to just make an extra, you know, hundred bucks a month or something, you can totally just list a service and do that. But if you want it to be your full-time business, you have to give it the respect that it deserves, at least until you get to a point where people come to you. Yeah, exactly. I think the, these platforms like legit.com will eventually enable that where, I mean, people just come to you by the sheer fact that your profile one day will be so good with the amount of views built up on it that you're going to be one of the best on the platform. So you don't have to try so hard to win clients over. Is that something that, well, actually, I want to ask you a question a bit different is that how do you feel about on freelance marketplaces? You've got 
basically the guys that have been on the platform the longest kind of dominate the platform in terms of they've got hundreds of reviews their pay system as well like on some platforms you can see how much they've earned is way more and basically they can bid on pretty much anything they want and get anything they want and it makes it super hard for freelancers to join these new platforms even if it's a freelancer with 20 years experience but they're new to the actual platform they don't have reviews how do they get that value across how do they land those clients when they're up against somebody with 500 reviews on the on 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 the platform when they could have the same level of experience as that freelancer how do they compete well that's definitely a challenge but they're i can't speak for every platform we give people a lot of tools to help with that uh, we have review additions so like you can offer something as much as 100 percent off in exchange for the customer having to give you a, a valid review so that helps to get them going you know we have the community where you can offer your services and network with people but yeah, I mean, you're going to have to overcome that a little bit and kind of sell yourself, you know. So, so I mean, I can send all the traffic in the world to a new service and it's only going to get, you know, no matter how, if it's really well optimized, it's a really good service that the people I drive the traffic to need. It's still not going to do as well. It'll still get sales, but it's not going to do as well as someone with experience. So you do have to overcome that. And the way you overcome that is take advantage of the tools we, we provide take advantage and then you just got to market and explain to people why you they should give you a chance you know like and then there are other things that we we do where you can promote yourself or whatever but we have we we can provide a lot of tools you're gonna have to do a little bit of the work too because you know it's just human nature to trust people that have proven themselves whether it's fair or not like just having a and this isn't doesn't just apply to freelancing but to business in general just having a a good product or service does not guarantee you a sale you know yeah if that were the if that were the case we'd all be playing sega dreamcast now instead of playstation because they had a better i love that analogy they <laughs> had a much better ahead of the time system but they didn't sell it properly and now they're gone yeah exactly now that's that's a very good point as well and it goes out there to like if, if anybody's an employer listening to this podcast as well it's like to try and find the best freelance talent it isn't necessarily the person with the most reviews on that platform because that probably just means they've been on the platform a lot longer and they maybe predominantly use that platform but there's still going to be great freelance talent out there on platforms like yours that are new to the platform but not necessarily new to freelancing so they might have a you know, a vast amount of experience in the field that you're looking to hire in, but don't necessarily have the reviews on that platform. So it's always good to look into the freelancer, into their background, into their portfolio, try and verify their portfolio and just invite people for interviews and talk to them. Yeah. Like, um, another thing to consider is somebody might be very good at what service they offer, but they may not be so great at telling you how good they are at it. So what I mean by that is that they may not make a nice looking thumbnail. You know, maybe they're a, like a PHP developer. They don't know how to market. So they don't make a nice looking sales page that makes people want to buy, buy their service. They don't make a good thumbnail. They make a not a good profile. So we help them along with that sort of thing as much as we can. But my point is that just because they, you have to learn how to present yourself as well as do the thing that you're good at. 
Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's something as well we offer over on the 100K Freelance Club website is just how to build yourself a portfolio, how to present yourself, how to reach out to clients. Because like you're saying, if you're just a traditional PHP developer, for example, and you don't have skills in graphic design, marketing, or anything along that front, it can be quite difficult to build you know, pitches in your own personal brands to make yourself attractive to clients. Because you have to demonstrate that you have the skills and you have to portray that information in you know, almost like a salesy manner to get sales from the clients. So yeah, I, can, I agree with you on that front. And uh, anybody listening to this podcast today, they can head over to legit.com and that's legit with a double I, so L-E-G-I-I-T.com. Um, and they can sign up for, is it a free account with you guys? Yeah, yeah, you can, when you sign up, we don't do the thing where you have to be like a freelancer and a customer, like you don't have to flip between them. You sign up, you register for free, you can buy and sell right away, more or less. Ah, awesome. And how does the how does the commission work on that for you guys? Is there like um, uh, like brackets of payments so you earn up to a certain amount, it's X amount of commission? No, it's uh, the, main, the main source of revenue for us is 15% of an order. So if you sold a $100 service, you would get $85 and the platform to cover its costs would get 15 Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so, um, and, and I'm assuming that includes the payment fee, right? So that no one's going to have to pay another 3% well, of PayPal on top well, of actually, that? Actually, yeah. The, the, well, no, the freelancer doesn't have to pay any more fees on top of that to get paid, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, yeah, that was it. And then on the customer side, there, we offset some of the processing fees with the purchase as well so there's like a i think it's like 2.9 percent on the, the purchase so yeah we we didn't do that for years but processing fees will just absolutely kill your business if you don't offset it a little bit yeah exactly 100 percent because they they're quite hefty nowadays as well yeah. and i mean it's going to cost like if you're a freelancer and you're just invoicing the client you know it's going to cost you a percentage anyway just to collect that money through that invoice so whether you're using like quickbooks or something like yeah. that there's there's transaction fees on there in this place you've got i mean you know you've got, you've got the security of a freelance marketplace as well if the client doesn't decide to pay up you've got you know you're there to help out in that situation as well i'm sure your staff are there to help out in that situation um, yeah one thing that we focus heavily on is customer support and i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but uh, is customer support because like i told you that the site that i started on had literally no customer support at all and uh it's just i actually before I got into freelancing and internet marketing and stuff, I worked as a tech support. So I have a big background in support and we have implemented that. We have round the clock customer support to help with that. You know, and then there's the other advantages to a marketplace in general is you know, you get free page builder, free website built in, free invoicing, free support, you know, all that stuff is is what your what your fee goes to. Awesome. Well, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the podcast today um, and sharing your experiences with freelancers. And I'm sure um, any any freelancer looking to get started on a freelance uh, marketplace, again, you can head over to legit.com. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will catch you listeners in the next episode of the 100K Freelancer Club podcast.